Well, grace and peace to you, Christ Church. Like Tommy said, this is our covenant service today, and we'll do things a little bit differently this morning. I'm going to talk a little bit here. We'll sing another song, and we'll have prayer, and kids will be dismissed, but it'll be a little bit different order than usual. So don't, like, panic that it's not like it normally is, okay? Like two songs, a prayer, and a high five, okay? It's a little different. Well, after, after weeks of celebrating and feasting and of rejoicing, the time has come for New Year's resolutions, like Pastor Tommy said. Right? Some of you in the prayer, how many of you want you to raise your hand if you have already purchased a beautiful new planner? Who in here is a planner lover? Anybody? Yes. Thank you. Acknowledge it. Own it. It is a beautiful thing. And you've already like into March, like, oh yes, on that Tuesday, I will be doing this, right? Others of you have taken all of that clothing that has been adorning your treadmill for approximately 11 months and hung it in the closet so you can actually fire it up again. And some of you, some sad among us, have purged your cupboards finally of all things delicious and sweet and are finally ready to embrace kale. Amen and amen, right? Yeah. And some of you are total cynics and you're like, I don't do any of that nonsense, right? Well, whether we embrace the challenge of New Year's resolutions or whether we eschew them entirely, our imaginations are stirred by the possibility of newness. Could it be? We ask ourselves tentatively, almost fearfully, could it be? Is it possible? Is it possible that what has always been need not always be? I don't know about you, but I am tired of false newness, of slapping on a new coat of paint and calling the house renovated. I am fatigued unto death of propping up the old and the tired and giving it a polish and declaring that a new thing has arrived. I crave real newness. I crave real freedom. I hunger after that deep to the bone transformation, both in myself. I crave that for you, the church, for our community. I want to shake off the old, the hurts and the regrets, the sinful patterns, the what ifs, the wish I would haves. You see, newness it beckons to us. It invites us forward. And so we buy new planners. We add to our book list of all the books that are going to fix us, right? We cut out sugar and wheat and pickles to get ourselves in order. We go for a run and we take our vitamins and we start journaling again. Journaling again and all of that's great. It's so good. And some of it can even be means of God's grace in our life. No doubt about that. But here's the thing. We cannot hustle our way to wholeness. We cannot conjure up newness worth our enthusiasm and our commitment and our optimism. We can work for good. We can contribute in meaningful ways, but we ourselves cannot be the ultimate source of true newness. The way to real transformation is not paved with busy efforts or our well-intentioned goal lists or our commitment to just do better this time. Rather, the way to transformation is paved with obedience, with submission, with surrender to God from whom all newness comes. It is this God, this God of newness who created the heavens and the earth and he stretched them out, who gives breath to the people that walk upon it and spirit to those who walk. It is this God of newness who opens the eyes of the blind, 
who brings prisoners out of the dungeons. It is this God of newness who wakes away through the sea, casting horse and rider into the waves. It is this God of newness who has brought down the powerful, as Mary said, and scattered the proud and lifted up the lowly. And it is this God of newness who says to us today, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God says to us this morning, leave behind the old, both the good and the bad, the things you want to cling to and the things you'd rather forget. Lay it down and pay attention because I'm on the move. I'm moving. I'm always moving. If only you have eyes to see and ears to hear. So I ask you today, could it be? Could newness be on the horizon? Could streams come in this desert? Could it be that God desires newness for us, for you, for your family, for your church? And not just a glossy veneer over an old beat up version, but actual newness. Now we will only know if we have postured ourselves in humility to hear from the Lord. We will only know if before we even begin this new year with all that it's going to hold, if we have offered ourselves up to God in obedience before we have even begun. And so like I said, today's going to be a little different than a normal Sunday. We're going to sing again here in a minute. Tommy will pray. We'll dismiss the kids. Pastors will come up and read. And we'll call on you to participate as well. Now, I know some of you get the heebie-jeebies when we do responsive readings, right? That's not your cup of tea. And when we do those, if you want to say them out loud and participate in that way, you do that. But if that makes you feel uncomfortable, just read it in your heart. That's totally valid, okay? I want, the only thing I care about is that you posture yourselves before the Lord in a way that you are listening and you are paying attention and participating in what God wants to do in us today, okay? The whole purpose of this service is to help us position ourselves to hear from God, to be ready to receive and participate in God originated newness. Thanks be to God. Why don't we stand as we continue through worship in song? All right. Well, I am so excited to be worshiping with you this morning through our third uh, covenant service. And the service is called the covenant service because it revolves around this idea of promise. You know, from the earliest days in scripture, we have this concept of promise. A promise is made and kept, promises made and broken. And in scripture, a promise is called a covenant, a special agreement to do what you say you're going to do no matter what happens. Now, God made covenants with Adam and with Eve, with Noah, Abraham, and David. And God has made the ultimate final covenant with us through the person of Jesus. He sent his son to live and to die and to rise again to save us from sin and death. And sometimes we think of that covenant as ending with the written word of God. But the reality is, is that covenant comes forth out to us even now today. Like we talked about all through the season of Advent, we celebrate that God came in a baby, but also hopefully looking forward to God coming again once and for all, setting things right. And that is the covenant towards which we live. Now, God's covenant with us is not just fire insurance, protection from that eternal punishment, right, after we die. God's covenant with us matters now, like today and tomorrow. God's covenant with us is a promise 
to empower us to live lives of faithful obedience now, to live into our vocation as Christ followers. Now today we're going to learn what it means to respond to the covenant that God has made with us by covenant, covenanting in obedience with God, making a spirit-empowered promise to trust and obey, to allow our lives to be shaped into reflections of kingdom of God living. Now the idea of like reaffirming a covenant might seem kind of strange, maybe even inappropriate. You know, uh, you know, we don't, re, we don't remarry our spouse every year. Every August 5th, I do not come to the church, and we do not get flowers and the dress and the cake, the whole shenanigans, Thanks and reenact it, right? <laughs> like, come on now, it would be kind of fun. But so we don't, we, you know, typically you, you get married once and it sticks and you don't have to reenact the thing, right? But that may be true in part, but a marriage that is not tended to like a garden in which spouses continually express their love and commitment and reaffirm that covenant is out of trouble. Saying I do on one day in time does not a happy life in marriage make, right? We say I do daily with our lives. And sometimes maybe on anniversaries or other times we remember and we reaffirm those vows. And so it will be today. For those of us who have been in a relationship with Jesus for a long time, today is an opportunity to say yes to him once again. And for those of us who might be new to this life of faith, you'll have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus maybe for the first time. And we'll walk through all of that together. But ultimately today, we will be reminded of our deep need of God's grace. We do not come to this covenant on an even playing field with God. We acknowledge that our need for grace is deeper than just forgiveness of sins, but rather goes beyond to the cleansing work of God's spirit in the core of our beings. And so we are setting aside this time, this day, to pause and reflect on the year ahead and our commitment to the Lord Jesus this year. You know, if we think it's important to stop and reflect on the food we eat and make all the, the books that we read and the exercise that we do at the beginning of the year, how much more then ought we reflect on our spiritual state. It is too easy to become satisfied with the spiritual state of our hearts. It is too easy to allow the status quo to continue unquestioned. And so today, we will stop and consider our need for God's forgiving and cleansing work and renew our commitment to be a disciple of Jesus in 2019. We will renew or perhaps enter in for the first time a covenant with God, for he has already made a covenant with us by sending his son for us and for our salvation. So let's pray. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant, which will never be forgotten. Good. Well, as we come today and as we contemplate and we think about um, the significance of what it means to covenant with God and this uh, renewal of that covenant, we must consider um, three different things that help that decision that is internal. Uh, number one, we've got to remember that when we come today and we think about these things, that eternal things are much more significant than temporary things. Uh, as we step out of this Christmas season, we without a doubt see that it's easy to become so wrapped up in our day-to-day -day living that we neglect those things that are eternal. And we must intentionally remember that eternal things are much more important than temporary things. 
as we come. The second thing we've got to remember is that the things unseen are just as, as certain as the things that are, are seen. The author of Hebrews tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Just because we can't see something with our eyes doesn't mean that it's not real. And then finally, number three, we must remember that our eternal lot depends on our present choice to follow Jesus or to not follow Jesus. So with that in mind, as we enter 2019, we must make our choice to the right or to the left. Choose Christ with his yoke, his cross, and his crown, or choose the enemy, the evil one with its wealth and pleasures and curse. And we ask ourselves, what's it going to be? the crown, or the curse. Before we make our choice, we must count the cost. Bearing in mind that if we want to share in the crown of Christ, we must be content to submit to the cross and yoke of Christ, his service and his suffering. Now, this isn't just a one-time decision made at the altar of a teen camp in 1982, right? Or maybe in the privacy of your own home, or maybe you came to an altar here and knelt before the Lord and made that decision. This is a decision that requires continual renewal and recommitment. If we say we aren't quite sure about this level of commitment to Christ, we've already made our choice. Because a middle-of-the-road option isn't an option. There is no neutral territory. It's yes to Christ or it's yes to the evil one. There is no in-between. So let us make the choice to adventure with Christ. Let us come together and acknowledge our inability to save ourselves, to make ourselves clean, and instead throw ourselves at his mercy and on his righteousness. We can make a thousand resolutions, and some of us have already done so, to be better and better. But again, apart from Christ, we are separated from the presence of God and destined for death. We can do nothing apart from him. But Christ reaches out his hand to us and asks us, will you follow me? Will you adventure with me? I alone can bring you to God. And so, Jesus, we ask you, if I stop trying to save myself through good works and religious ritual and instead trust only in your blood and righteousness, will you bring me to God? We must acknowledge our sin before God and our great need of a Savior, not only once but continually. See, to acknowledge our sin regularly before God does not mean that we don't believe that you can't be freed from sin. Rather, it's an admission that we're fallen and we continually make mistakes, sometimes on purpose, and that's called sin, and sometimes without even realizing it. And so we are both right to confess our sins, both conscious and unconscious to God. And so we're going to invite Pastor Valerie and Pastor Debbie to come up here and join us. And we're going to pray a prayer of confession, pray a prayer of confession today. Uh, and you can follow along where it says people. <clears throat> Do you deeply sense your sins and hopelessness without Christ? We do sense our need. We see ourselves as sinners in need of a Savior. The Spirit of God has awakened us. We cry, Lord, what am I? What is this darkness that surrounds me? These chains that weigh on me. Is there no hope of escaping out of this wretched state? I am dead if I continue as I am. What must I do to be saved? 
When we realize our sin and its danger, we look for help, but we tend to look everywhere else before we turn to Christ. It is as, as if we must hit rock bottom before we turn to him. We try to just be better and turn away from bad habits. We may try religion with prayers and sermons and Christian practices and look for salvation there. But all of these things, though useful in the right place, are no help. These things cry out. You're knocking on the wrong door. Salvation is not in us. So do you now utterly give up your own goodness, or do you trust in anything but Christ? Lord, be merciful to us. What shall we do? We dare not remain as we are, and we cannot help ourselves. Our praying will not help us. Our hearing will not help us. If we give all our goods to the poor, if we should give our bodies to be burned, all this would not save our souls. Woe unto us. What shall we do? You must let your sins go. You must let your righteousness go. Christ came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. Let us worship God for this great promise. Please stand. Well, as we continue, we uh, start to, to uh, get um, this straight up, right? Uh, to ask the questions of ourselves and of each other. Will you people here and now adventure with Christ this year? Will you covenant with him? Will you this year commit to a life of complete devotion to God? If so, we have three assurances, three powerful reasons and things to remember as we step into this. Number one, we remember God's initiative, that God sent his son, that born of a woman, to be sin for us, that we might be saved through him. That Jesus is redeeming and reconciling the, the world to himself. That this is all God's doing, apart from any of my actions or your action as well, good or bad. God is active and on the move. Remember, the second thing is God's command, that God is commands, commands us to believe on the name of Jesus, his son. And if we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. And that third is that promise that God sent his son into the world, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life with him. We have God's word on the matter. So we come today with that covenant. Because of these three assurances from God, his initiative, his command, and his promise, we may be bold and courageous to adventure with Christ this year, to follow him in 2019. And so let us pray together today. Follow along where it says, people. Lord Jesus, here I am, a lost creature, an enemy to God, under his wrath and curse. Will you, Lord, take me as I am? Make me right with God and save my soul. Do not refuse me, Lord, for if you refuse me, to whom then shall I go? If I had come claiming my own righteousness, you would have sent me away. But I, since I come at your command, do not reject me. Lord, Lord help me. Lord, save me. We come, Lord. We believe, Lord. We throw ourselves upon your grace and your mercy. We trust your saving death alone to save us. Do not refuse us. 
We have nowhere else to go. Here we will stay. We will trust you and rest in you and risk ourselves for you. On you we lay our hope for pardon, for life, for salvation. If I perish, I perish on your shoulders. If I sink, I sink in your ship. If I die, I die at your door. Do not bid us to go away, for we will not go. Amen. Now that we have confessed our sins, it is time to make our commitment to him. And so I ask you, as you enter into 2019, to yield yourselves now to the Lord. As his servants, I challenge you, give up being in charge of yourselves and turn yourselves over to the authority of Christ. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin, but instead give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what's right for the glory of God. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You are God's servants, so obey him. Yield yourself so fully and so finally to the Lord that from here on out, you may only be the Lord's. Those who yield themselves to sin in the world say in their hearts, sin, I'm yours. World, I'm yours. Riches, I'm yours. Pleasures, I'm yours. But rather with the psalmist, let us say to the Lord together, I am yours, my God. I worship you. I dedicate myself to your service. And in so giving yourselves to the Lord, you affirm that with all of your heart, you will be content with what he asks you to do as your service to him. Let him assign your work. Christ has many services to be done. Some are easy and honorable and others are more difficult and menial. Some are suitable to our preferences and our interests and others not so much. And in some ways, we may please both Christ and ourselves. And those are the sweet works of being a Christian. But then there are other works. And in these, we cannot please Christ, please Christ except by denying ourselves. Confessing Christ and his name is never easy when it costs us shame and ridicule. It is never easy to run into the wind, to swim against the tide, or surrender our rights and privileges because Jesus Christ is our Lord. In Romans 12, Paul lays out what it means to give it all to Christ. From the message, he says this. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity 
in the middle. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, if you receive me into your house, if you will accept me as your servant, I will obey you without reserve. Place on me whatever conditions pleases you. Command me to be or do whatever you will. Only let me be your servant. Make me what you will, Lord, and set me where you will. Let me be a vessel of silver or gold or a vessel of wood or stone. I am content. If I am not the head or the eye or the ear or one of the nobler and more honorable instruments you use, then let me be the hand or the foot as one of the lowest servants of my Lord. Congregation, would you now join me and read where it says people. Lord, put me on whatever task you will. Rank me with whom you will. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or trodden underfoot for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly resign all to your pleasure and disposal. Amen. Friends, such a commitment to Christ as you now have made is the essence of discipleship. When you have chosen God to be your everything, when you have placed all of your hopes in Christ, casting yourself totally upon his righteousness alone, when you have thoughtfully and courageously surrendered and given up yourselves to him, then you are Christians indeed. See, Christ's people are a willing people. And Christ does not accept a half-hearted, maybe, kind of, but only a bold, yes, take all that I am to what he requires. He will be all in all, or he will be nothing. In a moment, we will uh, sing a song and our altars will be open here. Um, But before we do that, we want to uh, take a moment to um, have some reflective time to search our hearts. Um, Whether we have already uh, made this covenant with God or whether this is a, a new commitment to Christ today. We ask the question that Stephanie just asked, will he be your all in all? We remember that this isn't something that we enter into lightly. We must count the costs before we step in. Consider what Christ has asked of you and whether you are ready to set aside your way for his way. But remember this, don't be held back by your faults that you see in yourself. Don't trust your own strength but grab a hold of God's strength that is more than enough. May you throw yourself at his feet and trust his promise of grace. So having surrendered to him, may we resolve to be faithful. May we remember that God doesn't have a draft. He doesn't make you do anything, but he is one that invites us, that we have the opportunity to cooperate with him in obedience. And so are we ready to do that in every part of our life this year. In the seat backs in front of you, there should be a little three by five card. And um, as your pastors, we're committed to walking in this faith journey um, with you. Some of you we uh, meet with you know, a couple times a, a month and others uh, not as often. Um, but either way, we want to pray for you uh, individually 
um, some maybe some things that you're dealing with or maybe a commitment that you've made this year. Um, and so we want to commit to praying for, for you and with you. And so those cards are that opportunity uh, to, to do that. And so um, you can write down uh, if you've made a commitment, we want to know that. So it may be a renewal of a commitment or maybe it's something that we want to pray or you want prayer for as we walk um, throughout this year. And so write that down on that card uh, and you can bring that up with you when we uh, participate in communion uh, and just pl- place it on, on the front uh, chairs here. And we'd love to, to get those from you and pray for you um, throughout the year. But as we come to this time of, of reflection, may you come now to surrender yourself to Jesus. May you come to recommit your heart to him as we begin this new year. Uh, and if you decide to come to the altar, may we remember um, that these are not places of judgment. Uh, it used to be pretty old school places of judgment, right? Um, but they're not places of judgment um, at all. These are places that we show with our bodies externally what we claim it internally that Jesus is Lord, that we bow our knees and we posture ourselves before a God who loves us as a, as a movement of our submission to his Lordship. And so come as we sing today. Oh God, we ask you to accept us. For we know we are prodigals, rebels. All of us were once or are even now far from you because of our sins. We all deserve death and we made ourselves a thousand times worse by our own sin. But out of your infinite grace, you have promised mercy to us in Christ. If only we will turn to you with all of our heart. And since we have heard the call of the gospel, we now come. We quit resisting your call and we submit ourselves to you. And because you require, as a condition of our peace with you, that we should put away our idols, we here and now from the bottom of our heart renounce them all, whatever they may be, money or family, pride or position. We firmly covenant with you not to allow ourselves to continue in any known sin. And instead, we will do everything that we can through the power of your spirit to separate ourselves from what we know is wrong. This is the firm resolution of our hearts to forsake all that is dear to us in this world in order that we might follow you more closely. We will guard ourselves against all temptations, whether from prosperity or poverty, pleasure or pain, so that they may never draw our hearts away from you. And since you, out of your boundless mercy, offered graciously to be our God through Christ, we call heaven and earth to witness this day that we do here solemnly acknowledge you as Lord our God. Now, church, pray this just in your hearts with me this morning. I do take you, eternal eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be my God, be my portion. I give myself up, body and soul, to be your servant, promising to serve you in holiness and righteousness all of my days. Oh, blessed Jesus, I know I am unworthy of your love, but because of your unconditional great love for me, I with all my heart accept you and take you as my head, as Lord, to love and honor and obey you before all others to the grave and beyond. I acknowledge you as the Lord, my righteousness. 
I reject my own wisdom, and I do here take you for my only guide. I reject my own will, and I take your will for my law. And since your word has told me that I must suffer with you if I am to reign with you, I do here covenant to accept my lot as it falls with you and by your grace to risk everything for you. May nothing, neither life nor death, separate you from me. Now, almighty God, you know that I make this covenant with you today without any known deception and holding nothing back. And so I ask that if you see any self-deception in my commitment, anything hidden in my heart, would you reveal it to me and help me to set it right? Amen and amen. Well, the symbol of our covenant today, we have the opportunity uh, to take communion together as a church. We're reminded that through Jesus, God made a way for us to be right with God and to be right with one another. There's that vertical relationship and horizontal relationship um, as well. And so today, as we take these elements, let us celebrate together as we move with our bodies together towards Jesus. May we be reminded of his great love for us. So we receive the bread and the reminding us of the body of Christ broken for us. Then we dip the bread in the juice, remembering that the blood of Christ has been shed for us, that God's grace and God's action is about in our lives and in our world. Well, as we come today, we want to remember a couple things. Number one, um, all, all of our bread is gluten-free, so it won't make you sick this morning. So that's a good thing to remember. But also number two is that we have an open table. Um, and what that means is that you don't have to know a special dance or a, a handshake or recite uh, some kind of special thing, um, but you are invited uh, to come to this table, meaning you don't have to be a member here or anything like that. This is for all who seek to follow Jesus, to love him and to give their lives to him, to take steps towards him in our hearts, but also physically with our bodies to receive his grace this morning. So come now and participate together. Amen. Well, let us stand this morning. Glory be to God who has adopted us as his children. Glory be to Jesus who loves us and has cleansed us from all sin by his blood. And glory be to the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to turn from sin and turn towards God. Oh God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have become our covenant friend, and we, through your grace, have become your covenant servant. And the covenant which we have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen and amen. We're going to close today for our benediction with a doxology. So sing with us. Praise God.